second kings chapter 18 now it came to pass from verse 1 now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea Hosea son of Elan king of Israel that Hezekiah the son of Ahaz king of Judah began to reign 20 and 5 years old was he when he began to reign and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem his mother's name also was Abai the daughter of Zechariah and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did he removed the high places and break the images and cut down the gloves and break in pieces the brass the brazen serpent that Moses had made for unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it and he called it Nehush Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he, dread, he clave to the Lord, and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered with, with us, so ever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. He smote the Philistines even unto Gaza and the borders thereof from the tower of, watch, of the watchmen to the fenced city. May the Lord blessing to the, uh, the reading of his word. You may be seated. I, I believe, I trust that the Luganda readers have been following now I'm going to preach on something that I have preached before uh, recently I was in Lukunjiri and uh, this subject came to my mind and uh, when I preached it I saw how important it is and I felt I should repeat it here. But uh, I believe if uh, I believe I have preached it here before. But when I look at uh, my calendar here, it must have been so many years. So and uh, you know, God keeps you know revealing more expounding more on uh, on the subject so i'm going to talk about how a believer can prosper we shared it also on uh, friday in the overnight overnight so that's where we want to start from now we have seen hezekiah how he prospered. Amen. Amen. Hezekiah was one of the most prosperous kings Hezekiah. in Israel. And uh, in verse 7 it has said, And the Lord was with him. And he prospered 
whithersoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Syria and served him not. You know, this was a great enemy to Israel, the king of Syria. Or generally, the kingdom of Syria. But this man of God rebelled against him. And he served him not. This is like if they say that there was a certain challenge. There is a problem that always hit the children of God. But to you as an individual, you did not bow to it. You overcame it. And this is because the Lord was with him and prospered him. And the Bible says, wherever he went, praise be the name of the Lord. And now, this is how we began to be to receive the blessing. Verse 3 has said, He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that David his father did. Now, David was a, a perfect king. When you talk about the kings of Israel, the first one and the best and the perfect was David. That even God gave him a covenant that his seed shall not lack a hair. He will have always a hair sitting upon the throne. Even Jesus Christ, that's why he's called the son of David. When Jesus is referred to as the son of David, yet he is the Lord of David. Amen. Amen. That means something. It means the king, Jesus the king. And we know Jesus is coming to reign as the king. He will reign in the millennium as the king of the whole world. And he will be seated upon that throne of David because upon that throne there shall not lack a hair. Amen. So that's how God approved and God loved David's uh, kingship. And now Hezekiah, it's a said, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. Amen. Amen. This is also something again. If you have a godly father, you are obligated or you are required. Oh, it's a blessing. It's a not worthy. 
thing for you to follow his footsteps. Amen. Amen. A godly father creates a legacy. Oh, in God. In God. In God. And you following his footsteps. And not rebelling. That you are going to seek your own ways. It is a blessing. Today you find people saying. I am old. I have to make on my, my own choice. Unless you are condemning what your parents have stood for. If you tell us that you're going to look for your own faith besides your father's faith, you first tell us the fault about your father's faith. But if you cannot tell what's wrong with the message that your father has stood for and you say you have to make a choice besides your father, you just have a devil. You just have a curse. The Bible says in the last days the children will not obey their parents. And when it talks about obeying the parents you don't think it is only simply about go do this work go fetch firewood and water and this and then you disobey not necessarily but they rebel against the faith they rebel against the faith of their parents and they go contrary and you know your family stand that we have stood for this message. We have cultivated. We have dug. We have planted our feet in the rock and it's a perfect foundation for godliness. Amen. And for you you are found going contrary. If you were a, an obedient child, even if you didn't understand it very well, you will follow the footsteps of the parents. You will not be found a girl in city or at campus or elsewhere wearing a trouser or with a Applied makeup. And you know. It's contrary to the faith at home. If you didn't understand it well. You will say it is contrary to my upbringing. This is contrary to my upbringing. My daddy. My mother have brought me different. I cannot do this. 
Because it is right. If your parents have gone contrary to the principles, to the right way, Amen. Amina. Then you have a right to rebel. And you should give the point the reason. You say my parents are contrary to the Bible. Faith. The Bible says this. And for them they are doing contrary. But if you cannot disprove the faith of your parents from the Bible. But for you it's saying you just have to find your own way. You are just a rebellious child. Amen. Amina. You are only being caught by the curse of the age that they shall be disobedient to their parents. I didn't plan to speak those things. But normally when we read the scriptures as preachers, the Holy Spirit starts taking us. Moving us. Amen. And that's what it means to preach. Amen. That is Second uh, Timothy 3. One of the curses of the end time. Is children disobedient to their parents. Amen. Amen. And uh, they want us to follow us into their disobedience. Amen. Amen. Now, but personally, it's not a doctrine to me. But if my child has believed, and at a certain age, they drop the faith simply because they want to be disobedient and go after the world. I'll not follow them. I'll pray for them. I'll preach to them. But what not following is what I, this is what I mean. You go marry in the Catholic Church just because you are disobedient to the faith or to the Anglican or to the Pentecostals. You cannot see me there. That is my stand. I cannot bring you up in the faith and I follow you in the Catholic Church and I stand before a Catholic and I stand before the priest and he asks who is going to hand over this daughter and I stand and I take hold of your hand and I place you in the hand of the man in the Catholic Church yet I brought you up in the faith and you defied him because you are disobedient Stubborn, if you're stubborn, now, 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 stubborn, there I'm also going to be stubborn. Amen. Amen. Stubbornness, stubbornness. Yeah, stubbornness has to meet stubbornness. Another thing. To give, to hand over a girl into marriage means this. It means I've been the head of this person. 
Girls who are here, are you hearing me? From the time you're born, no kura. and you grow up, you don't have a head. If you're still young, your father is your head. That's why you have to grow your hair. Your father is your head. When you reach a time of marriage, reach a time of marriage, your father, like, Jezimu, in, like in some cultures, he takes hold of your hand and he hands you over to another head. That's why they call giveaway. It means that now, it's me who has been your head. Now your head. Now heads have switched from me being your head to this one. Until death. That's why you keep long hair. Now, if you, def uh, if you defy me to be your head, then how do I play hypocrisy? That I'm switching a headship with anybody. When you have been a disobedient to me as a head, you defy me as your head, then you head yourself. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I'm talking about this one. Someone following a parent. I've not come to a time of preaching to the youth. But I think I have that anointing on me of preaching to the youth. Now, this one, oh no. the Bible has categorically said that uh, he followed, he did after. Amen. Amen. David. Dawudi. David, his father. Chitawe. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that David, his father, did. Amen. Amen. That means he was uh, following David. He was following the way of David. Amen. Amen. So he did the perfect work. Serving God. He kept the principles. The principles. Of the upbringing. Of a godly parent. What did he do? He removed the high places and break the images. The high places, these were places where they worshipped uh, images. Gods. Where they practiced that worship of idols, idolatries. Altars, altars of Baal and idols. He broke, he broke them. He broke the images. Cut down the gloves. 
and break to pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days, the children of Israel did burn incense to him. What is this? You know the brazen serpent that Moses made? It was a sign of Jesus Christ. Crucifixion. Because a serpent is a symbol of sin. And being brazen, being made out of brass, it was uh, brass signifies divine judgment. So, the serpent signifying sin but being made out of brass means and brass meaning God's judgment it means sin already judged. And that's what Jesus really did for us at the cross. Sin already Judged. Sin already judged. So Jesus carried our sins upon his body. And he was crucified. He was a, a chastised. Because our chastisement was upon him. That chastisement was a sin judgment. So that we shall not be judged. Because God cannot judge sin, my sins upon Jesus. And then he follows me to judge me of the same sins that has been judged upon Jesus. So, all of you who have put your faith in Jesus' death, that he died for you, you shall not be judged because your sins were judged in Jesus Christ. And at that time, God told Moses, make this thing and whoever will be beaten by a serpent or will be sick, he should turn and look at it at the present serpent and he will be healed. Even today, whoever has been beaten by the serpent, whoever has been beaten by sickness, sin, disease. You only need to do one thing. Look to Jesus and live. When you look and see him as your atonement, you will live. Amen. But then, after some time, the children of Israel began to worship it. They started worshiping that uh, image. 
And this man was determined to uproot idolatry in Israel. So he crushed that serpent. You know we cannot have a revival if we don't uproot sin. Amen. Amen. That's why you see even in the time of Daniel when he was seeking God he said he said he had to, to repent his own sins and the sins of his people Israel. Amen. Amen. The Bible said he claimed to the Lord and departed not from following him. You see, giving a report of you, the Holy Spirit reporting about you, not you talking about yourself, but the Holy Spirit reporting about you, that you clave to the Lord. And you departed not from following the Lord. But you kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. Oh, which the Lord commanded the, put in the Bible. Amen. Amen. That is something. That is a wonderful report. Amen. Amina. And this is now a believer. Put yourself there. Put yourself here. You are the believer we are preaching about this morning. You are the, you are the believer we are placing in your position this morning. Are you ready to follow after David your father praise God David your father it may be the prophet of the age maybe the message of the hour that is our father the message of the hour is our father is our parent praise God follow it with all your heart and then cleave to the Lord and depart not from following the Lord and keep the commandments of the Lord. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and will give you another comfort. If you abide in my word and my word abides in you, ask what you will. It shall be done to you. Amen. Amen. If you, Amen. You see, we are required to do something. And the Lord was with him. In other words, the Lord will be with you. If you do what this believer did, Brother Branham Yagamba, Brother Branham said, If any person comes 
in any way that he comes to the Lord. And God blesses that person. Any other person will come in the same way. God is obligated to bless him as well. Because God doesn't change. And he doesn't make mistakes. Now it cannot be that the other time it was just a coincidence. That he blessed him coincidentally. No. God blesses you because you follow the right way. If any other person will come in the same way, God is not a respect of passion. No, he also bless that person in the same way. Because God doesn't change. Now, this one, when he did these things, he took away the idols. You also have idols to take away. And he followed the way of the word. Amen. Amen. And he took away the idols. He broke them into pieces. Brother, sister. Brother, sister. I don't care how many idols you've worshipped. But you can come back to the Lord. He said, come back unto me. And I also come unto you. Don't you judge yourself because of the sins that you've committed. God is merciful. He's, he's slow to anger. And he repents of sin of the evil that he has done to anyone. When he repents, you repent. Put your ways right. Take away the idols. Break them into pieces. Put right your life. God will come back to you. And he will bless you. God is a God of a second chance. That is the God we serve. That's why you see people like David repenting yes. when they are done. Horrible things. And God restored them. And put his favor upon them. That's why we see a man like Samson. Praying and repenting and crying to God. Remember me only this once. And God heard him. And restored him. That is the God we serve. Praise God. He recognizes repentance. He, re he respects repentance. So this man is cleaning his house. He's cleaning his kingdom. He destroys all the idols. There are idols you have to destroy. Amen. Amen. Yes. Wow. Check your life. And destroy this, destroy that. Destroy and destroy. Destroy the filthy things you've been watching on the phone. Destroy the evil places that you've been going to. Destroy the unclean clothes that you've been putting on. Destroy. Destroy. Separate with those friends who have been pulling you and taking you into the world. Destroy. Destroy. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. What will it profit you to go ne to hell with the two hands? At least that hand that has been tempting you, you'd rather cut it off. That eye that has been tempting you, Jesus said, pluck it out. The kingdom of God is a serious matter. Destroy, destroy those idols. Destroy them and take them away. You set your heart to seek God. God is a return to me. And I'll return to you. Amen. Amen. If you search, if you search me with all your heart, you will find me. So this man of God, he was ready to seek God. The Lord was with him now, and he prospered with us. Whithersoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria. He smote the Philistines living unto Gaza. And the borders thereof from the tower of the watchmen of the French city. Some of the outstanding deeds of Hezekiah that are, that are very outstanding and he is known for. Is this is a man that God gave a message that he was going to die through the prophet of the age. Isaiah. You see, every man has his time. God has sent a boundary that no man can pass. And now, he, it's, it's not because he has done anything wrong to die, no. Because no God is judgment, no. He had a lot of favor with God. But his time was simply up. When our time is up, when God's purpose for us is accomplished, we go. That's why we must do, be careful every day to do what is right to accomplish God's purpose for our life. So God sends him a prophet. Set your house in order for your time of departing is now. You are soon going. Amen. Amen. God loved him so much. Others die unknowingly. But for this one, God told him to prepare himself. You're almost going. Amen. Amen. That's how I want to go. Also. How many want to go that way? Amen. Amen. I believe it's not my time yet. Because I haven't received any sign that I'm almost going. So I'm still around. 
Okuereza, to serve no sitani. and to torture the devil. Amen. Amina. When time will come, I believe the Lord will tell me. Brother Branham said so. You read the message. God does not call man to judgment without first warning. Him. So he quotes God uh, informing Hezekiah about his going. Then he said, God always will always inform people. You hear people talk about any time can go. They start setting things and, and writing will and what not. And normally at the funeral people, people will quote us and say, this man is like he knew he was going. Because the way he was speaking, you could tell he's going like he knew. So, Hezekiah also, God prepared him. You're going. But when he spoke to him, you're going. He turned to the world. And he prayed. And he prayed. And interceded. He said, remember how I have served you with a perfect heart. Remember how I have served you and I followed you. And in some more time. And the prophet before reaching home God changes his mind. And we know God's mind is not changeable. But this man was had such a power in prayer. Such a, he had such a direct line with God. That when he prayed, God would answer. So when he cried to God, God's mind was changed. He came down and spoke to his prophet. Go back. God tell him, I have heard his prayer. God hears the prayers of the righteous. God is here. is always open to the prayer of the righteous. Therefore, God tell him, I have heard what has prayed, and I have added him more time. He added him 15 years. That is not something easy. 15 years. Even if you last for 15 years, you've lived long. But that was a bonus to Ezekiah. Why? This man had the favor of God. God prospered him because he followed him with a perfect heart. Hey, blessed be the name of the Lord. That is one outstanding thing about Hezekiah. Another time, the king of Syria, Senakrib, that is with the kind of name is very complicated to pronounce. He sends him a message through his general. I think it was like a general. A ra, 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 he was called Rabushakeng. Rabushakeng. And he sends a, a message. 
Tuwezekaya. Na atumira kezekia obubaka. He sent it to the government. Yabutumira government. Uh, don't be deceived. Temurimbi bwanga. By Hezekiah. Hezekiah tabarimbanga. That you rebel against me. You cannot defy me and prevail. Therefore, I order you to succumb to me. I think he went on conquering and conquering kingdoms around. And now it was for a time for Israel. Also to put it under him. Think he wanted to make himself kind of an emperor. So. So he said now I'm coming. But before I reach. You must raise your hands. You must surrender. And don't be deceived by Hezekiah. That you God, your God will deliver you. You ask other nations. Ask other churches what I've done to them. I have conquered them and burnt their gods and crushed their gods hammering them. Therefore, I'm coming now. You better surrender. And when those words were spoken to the armies of Israel, their hearts melted within them. But, that letter that was written by the king of Syria, it was taken, it was given to the official of Israel. And he took it to the king, Ezekiah. When he read through, it was very threatening and very scary. But this man of God, this believer, this man of prayer, he did not fear. When you are working with God, you fear no evil. The Bible says, the wicked runneth when no one is pursuing. But the righteous shall be bold like a lion. So he got that letter from the king of Syria. Amen. Amen. He sent a message to Isaiah. The the prophet. When he got that threatening message. He sends a message to the prophet. Go tell my prophet. This day is a day of trouble. It is the day of rebuke. And of blasphemy. For the children are come to the bath. But there is not strength to bring forth. 
He was looking at the strength that only must come from God. We need the strength. If the strength will come, the children will be born. Praise God. We shall be delivered. A miracle will take place. We shall have a testimony that we have rebelled against this king who has conquered all others. Giant will be at our feet. And then he held a letter. He went to the temple. He bowed his himself. He first tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth. He got engaged now in a spiritual warfare. Amen. Amen. He's going to enter in prayer. He's entering fasting. He went to the temple with a letter. And he opened it to the Lord. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Sanakrib will say, You're suffering from cancer. Cancer is incurable. You are going to die. But the Bible says, I'm the Lord God who healed me. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Amen. The devil will say, I conquered so and so. I conquered so and so. I destroyed such and such a church. These people failed. I failed the other one. I failed the other one. I tell the other one, you also, you're going to be like those whom I have conquered. You're going to die like those whom I have killed. Praise be the name of the Lord. But I believe that those to listen to the threatenings of the enemy. He looks at the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away. But God is what will never pass away. God is what is forever settled in heaven. Amen. He went before the Lord. He didn't fear the words of the enemy. He didn't call the enemy for peace talks. He didn't call the enemy for peace talks. Come and we agree. And we see what to do. Come. He didn't look at the enemy. He knew where he would go. He went to the prophet. And he went to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And he opened up the letter. He placed it before the Lord. And you also, if the doctor when the doctor tells you, you are suffering from this deadly, incurable disease, you should know where to go. You get that medical report. Take it before the Lord. Kneel and call upon the Lord. You see, Lord, what Sanakrib is saying. But Lord, I know you are the Lord God who healeth all diseases. You are the omnipotent one. You are the omniscient one. You are all able. Oh, hallelujah. Our God is able.
So he prayed. Lord God. Truly what the king of Syria is saying. It is true. He has conquered many kingdoms. He had he has, he has bound their kings. He has crushed their gods. And he has burnt them with fire. He is much able to accomplish what he threats out. But Lord, the gods he burnt, their gods were made with human hands. The gods he crushed, the gods who were made by human beings, the kings whom he has bound. They are the kings who worship idols. But for me, Lord, I worship the living God. And they that worship you, Lord, those who trust in the Lord shall never be ashamed of the Lord. And God now look at his threats. Look at his threats, Lord. Look at his threats. Arise to save us. Arise to save your people. Arise to defend Jerusalem. While he was still in prayer, the Spirit of God came upon the prophet and said, Go tell my servant Hezekiah. Thus says the Lord, Don't fear the threats of Sadakilin. Don't fear the threats of the king of Syria. I am here. This is my battle. This is my battle. I am here to defend
the one who created the heavens and the earth is your father we are different we are different hallelujah we are a family of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says that night the Syrian army that had besieged Jerusalem and God sent his angel and he came among those and he tortured them he killed them he slew them by the time morning came they were all dead bodies and Sennacherib went back home without the army without the escorts the angel had killed them all because of the prayer of one believer who is faithful to the Lord. And when he also reached home, I don't know what happened to him with his son. His son slew him. The king of Syria stopped there. That was his end. Anything that blasphemes your God, tell it, it is playing with death. That's why we sing. And we say, He's Lord. He's Lord. He rose up from the dead. He's the Lord. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that He's Lord. I cannot worship God. And I bow before God. And then I bow before the situation. Hallelujah. No. Every situation. It is every situation that has to bow before you. You who bows before the Lord. It is the situations that have to bow before you. And those situations will bow. The situations will bow. That situation will bow. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever he did prospered because the Lord was with him. Now, how does a believer prosper? He takes away idols from his life and he sets his heart to seek the Lord. No setting on Mutima And you set your heart. I touch Sovola. And you can do it. Because every corner of your life has an idol in it. You know that idol. Take it away. And set your heart to seek the Lord. Start praying. Start fasting. Brother Bram Brother Bram said. 
That is the greatest weapon of all that God has ever given a believer. Hallelujah. Now, praise be the name of the Lord. So, let us read from David about David in First Chronicles. Chapter 11. Verse 9. So David waxed greater and greater. For the Lord of hosts was with him. Dawudi neyongiranga okuba omukuru kubanga mukama weje ngalina ye. He waxed greater and greater for the Lord of hosts was with him. So brother, brother when you walk with the Lord that's what is going to happen. Amen. Amen. Greater and greater from glory to glory for the Lord was with him. You know God has made man to achieve. That's what man was made for. And all down through life, he has tried to achieve something. And his achievement, the reason he tries that, is because he was so designed to do so. Why do people prosper? And they, they, they went from making needles and they make rockets and they go on the planets and planets. It's because God created a man to achieve, to achieve something. God never made you to remain in one place. No. He made you to achieve. He made you to prosper. So please, don't stay in one place. At 20 years, you were renting one room the house. At 40, you are renting one room. God made man to achieve. Amen. Amen. God made him that way. But the trouble of it is, in his achievement, he tries to do something within himself. There is where he makes his mistake. He gets in trouble. Now in the beginning, Genesis, which is the seed chapter of the Bible, we find in there that when God made a man, he made him in the way that he knew that he was to be. And he could never be any greater design 
than what he is. When he began to make life, he made it from the lowest life, which is more or less the polywog, the flog, and on the highest life is man, which is the image of God. Do you know that you're in the image of God? Not just outside here. But the way you are designed. You are in the image of God. Spiritually. You are in the image of God. Actually, Amazima. we should be speaking into existence. Amen. Because we are in the image of God. We should be controlling nature. And we tell the winds to stop. They stop. We tell the rain to fall. It falls. That's why in adoption we are told where we are moving to is where a brother will tell a brother I give you rain. A brother comes, ah, oh, brother, my crops brother, are burning. I planted three acres of maize. But the sun is scorching it. And you say only that. I've given you rain. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the rain will fall in the plantation of the brother. Why? You are in the image of God. You are in the image of God. And then in this, in this life, man begins to achieve things. But when he did, he begin to leave God out of the picture. That's where the trouble is. Leaving God out of the picture. He begin to have selfish motives. And when he did that, he begin to think of something for himself. It isn't long until he had corrupted the very planet that God had put him on. He had got it in such a condition till even his creator grieved. He had his heart <coughs> that he had ever made a man and uh, you can imagine how God felt when he seen the very creature that he made in his image and give him dominion and, and how that he made him to do something for him and yet he turned all of his strength and his power over to selfish desires and achievements. So, God made man to achieve. The trouble is where he wants to achieve leaving God out. Our achievement and our strength is based on God. 
Enkula kula na ya fena maani gafe tuina pusinzi la katonda. Not our own strength. Tetuina bikolera maani gafe. And not our own ways. Erasim makubo gafe. But trusting God. Na yenga tuina kule bintu ngatwe sigamokama. In God we trust. Tuwe sigamokama. That is the motto of America. America ye motto yayo. In God we Atonda. trust. Not in our own uh, knowledge or strength, but in God. We trust. Praise God. I was preaching there and I told them there is no individual, there is no family, there is no nation. That ever trusted God and put the Bible as the main thing, as the constitution of their life. Constitution of that family. And then they don't prosper. We have this motto that is always uh, hanged in people's homes. That says, God is the head of this family. All of this home. He is the unseen guest. And the silent listener. Brother Branham said Brother Munagamba, that is the part that is wrong. The silent listener. God is not the silent listener. In a true home. When you put the message playing there, God is speaking. When the father of the home of the family. Tata, what family Opens the Bible. Bible. Say, let us read the scripture. God is speaking. And God should always speak. In your house. But the other part. Is perfect. He should be the head. Of that family. He should be the unseen guest. Every time the family sits, he should be the unseen guest. But not the silent listener. No, he should always be speaking. Now, there is no individual, no family, no nation that does that and it does not prosper. Amen. 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 I give the example of America. America is one of what, of what you would call uh, one of the youngest nations on earth. America the youngest. It is younger than Ethiopia. It's younger than Egypt. It's America younger than Egypt. Our nations here in Africa. Much younger. It's younger than Europe. I don't have the, the statistics, but I, but I don't know. I don't know. I remember how many years it, it has been in existence. But I don't think it has reached 700. Of 600. Yeah. 
Na sio kitu kupanga singa wao. Miaka bisatu. 300 years. America zimaze. Kupanga bora abadugavu abaslaves bakamala miaka meka ngaba ba slavery ngaba batu wote America. Yeah, it's a young nation. Gwanga to. Anyway, it's a young nation. Gwanga to. Because when you talk about even if it's 500, 500 takes us to Lukumingamu, Lukagamu, Meka. It takes us to around uh, the 1600s. But we read the history of Christianity in Europe. People like John Wycliffe, they were there in 1300 years. Huh? He was uh, Yalia 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 where is uh, Oxford? You was, see, Oxford is there. Oxford, Oxford. Yeah, Oxford is there. But John, but, but, the but John Wycliffe. The John Wycliffe's. They were making history. In Christianity, America, America is not yet born. It's not yet in existence. But William Tyndale, William Tyndale lived around the 1400s. But John has. The John has. America, America wasn't yet in existence. The Euros, the Spain, the, the Britons, the Britons, the France, the France. All those countries we exist. America, America wasn't yet born. Finally, finally, America never. America was born. Christian pilgrims. It was born from Christian pilgrims. The ones who are trying to seek for freedom of worship. So that they can save themselves from the wrong way of ruling the Roman Catholic Church. The hierarchy of Roman Catholic Church that was ruling over Europe. They wanted to find freedom and worship the way the Bible tells them. They went and fought and they took over that nation and they said we are going to build a nation that is built on the foundation of the Bible. And Abraham says on their first day when they sat in the parliament to make the constitution the chair that would be like for the speaker of parliament the central, the glorious seat. They left it empty. And they said that one belongs to Jesus. Jesus is the speaker of parliament. In God we trust. Brother Bram said that he didn't have any speck of doubt. Jesus occupied that seat. He occupied it. But now look at in the shortest time possible. Is the most powerful nation on earth. Why? It put the Bible first. It gave God the, the praise he deserves. Number one. Amen. Mina. 
And then when he started drifting from God, now it is sinking. But what made it that great? Putting God in the position that he deserves number one. So, no nation, no family, no individual, no project that will put the Bible central, put Jesus number one and you like to prosper. So how our believer prospers by putting God number one and giving God his rightful place and God's rightful place is number one. That is God's rightful place. And for your information, what place you give Jesus he takes. That you may give, but you may give him a place where he will not serve you. Because you put him last. Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus in his in his home. He gave him a place. But Jesus did not take away the Pharisee's sins. He did not save him. He gave him a place. He invited him. And Jesus came. He will always come. But he was put in a place where he is tied to save. But when Mary Magdalene came, she gave the first place to Jesus in her life. She worshipped him with all his heart. First of all, he went and bought the most expensive perfume. The best belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You read the message that unwelcomed Christ. When she came and peeped there, he saw where they put him. She felt very sorry. She ran to the shop and told the attendant, Do you have the best perfume? Look for the Best perfume. perfume in this supermarket. I want that one for my own. She got her money. All the money she had. She bought it. She ran very fast. She read there. The Bible says the glory of a woman is here is a glory of a woman. 
she cried tears of repentance at his feet. Worshipping him with the best of her strength. The best of her strength. Holding the best perfume. From all the money she had. Cried with all her heart. Wetting his feet. By the time you cry. And the feet gets wet. Washing with tea, washing data feet with tears. That is quite a cry. You're praying while dozing. No. She cried with her whole heart. Then. She then bowed. She took hold of her hair. And she used it for cleaning Jesus' legs. While crying, while cleaning those. And her hair became the towel. The tears were the water. And Brother Bram said, God. Jesus deserves the best. Yes, Give him your best of age. The best of age. The prime age. To you young people. Jesus deserves your prime Age. Give him the best of your talent. The best of your talent. Amen. Some of you here, you educated. Software, software, whatever, suffer here with instruments. You don't want to join us. You just seated there. Give him the best of your talent. God helped me you to acquire that knowledge. Give it to him. Praise God. Sir, when she did, she came out forgiven. And Jesus said, she has become a shareholder in the gospel. She and he said, wherever the gospel will be preached, she will be spoken of. That's why right now we are speaking about her. After 2,000 years, she got herself shares in the kingdom of God. You can buy yourself shares. Hallelujah! In the kingdom. In the gospel. And when we'll be speaking about Jesus, you'll also be spoken of. Give him the best. But Simon, 
But God told him this one because of how many sins she has loved much you think you don't have a lot of sins so that's why you love is so your sins have remained how can you invite Jesus in your house and you retain your sins if his sins were retained, he's in hell as I'm speaking right now. Simon, Simon the Pharisee, the one who invited Jesus and he is in hell. Because they told him, now your sins that you think that are little, let them remain on you. You can invite Jesus and you're baptized in the name of Jesus and you live in the message church but yet you retain your sins. Because the place that you've given him is the least. You remember him on Sunday when you're on campus, you put on trousers, you go to nightclubs, you go swimming, you go watching movies, you go to watch football, you go to places where the worldly people go, when you come to church, you are a believer. Yes! Wow! Yes! Jesus You've given him a place. But that place is a place where he can't heal you or save you. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think we you have heard this story. I think it's of a man who was uh, going through some. Uh, turbulent times. And then he had a dream that he wanted Jesus to, to deliver him. So he said uh, he invited Jesus to his house. And then he said, Jesus, I give you one of the rooms. Because every night the devil comes and torments me. So I've given you one of the rooms so that you live with me. So at night, the devil came. He kicked the door. He entered and tormented the man. Say, oh, but Jesus, I give you a room. Live with me. You have not served me. Then he said, I give you a second room. We share now. So, they, they gave him a second room. So at night, the devil came, kicked the door, entered, tormented him. Jesus didn't say a word. I gave Jesus one room. Yes, now we have shared that our house. And he has not served me. So then, 
He said, let me give him the sitting room. That is wisdom. God bless you. Let me give him a, uh, the sitting room. Let me give him all the house. And I remain with one room. So that's what happened. At night, now the man is seeing a dream. Jesus came. I mean, the devil came. Kicked the door. Entered. Tormented the man. Jesus didn't say a word. So what that man said now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give Jesus the whole house. And it's up to him what he will, where he will put me, is what I will have. But the house belongs to Jesus. So at night, the holy night, the devil came. He kicked the door. Jesus stood. What are you doing at my door? The devil broke in pieces. And he ran away. Isn't that true? Though it seems like a story, but isn't it true? That is salvation. You don't give Jesus yes. a portion. Give him all. Total surrender. Total surrender. And you be you just be. You be a servant of Jesus. You be a squatter of Jesus. It's good I received Be a squatter. Be a squatter and let everything belong to Jesus. You remember another story I gave you? Okay, it was, it was in the past it used to fly so much on social media. But there was a mother uh, who was visited by his daughter, by her daughter. The daughter came with the, you know, colleagues. And then when they were leaving, the mother said, my daughter, uh, I pray the Lord Jesus go, go, goes with you. And the daughter being uh, the smart Alec that she was. These modern blasphemers who don't regard God. She said, Mommy, our vehicle is full. There's no space for Jesus. Maybe he can try the boot. The mommy felt so hurt. Like we get hard to see our children going the ungodly way. That she couldn't help anything. They drove away. On the way, they made a head-on collision with another vehicle. All of them in the vehicle perished. But in the boot, it is said there was a tray of eggs. Not one egg broke. Because that's where they sent Jesus. Jesus will take the place you give him. But is it place enough to save you? What if? 
Karisinga. Those girls that say, oh, mama, pray for us. So that the Lord will go with us. And then mama prayed, Father, may you go with my daughters. May you fill the entire car with your presence. Be thou the driver. The same salvation that came up, that was upon the eggs would have been upon them all to protect them. Jesus Yesu will come ajakuja. when you invite him. But which place have you given him? Is it enough to serve you? Deuteronomy chapter 28. We cannot uh, read this scripture enough. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. This is what Hezekiah did. This, this is what David did. This is what Uriah did. This is what Abraham did. This is what David and all those prosperous Believers did. To observe and do all his commandments. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy cane and the flocks of the sheep of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and blessed shall be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies to that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come up against, uh, they shall come out against uh, thee one way and flee before these seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and all that thou settest thine hand unto and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee in holy and unholy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee 
if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall, set th shall see thee that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Mukama anaku gulidangao eterekerolie edunji eguru okugaba enkuba yensi enkuba yensi yomubudde bwayo nokuwa omukisa nokuwa omukisa omulimu gwo mukono gwo era ono olanga amawanga manji sote wewolenga and the lord shall make thee the head and not the tail and thou shalt be above above only and thou shalt not be beneath if that thou, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day. To the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Now, here what follows now is the curses. We shall not read that part, you can read it in your own time. But now these are the blessings that follow. The believer for being obedient. People talk prosperity as only comes by giving. You cannot be a believer who gives from giving you go to commit adultery. From giving, you go to nightclub. From giving, you go stealing. From giving, you are a liar. And then you think God is blessing with blessings will come and rest upon sin. From giving, you don't pray. You don't fellowship. You don't respect services. And you want God's blessing. You can't corrupt God. You can't. That would be like trying to corrupt God. Amen. Amen. 
We see obedience to the word. Setting your heart. To follow God. To serve him. To observe. And to keep his commandments. Brings blessings. Sin. Is a magnet that attracts curses. Troubles, sicknesses, and what day? Defeat. Sin will do that in your life. Amen. Amen. Then we have seen giving God the first place in your life. We have seen Mary. Who is like Mary? Saying that I'll give Jesus the best. Thanks be to the Lord. We are in a time of building. Have we given Jesus the best? Are you pointing to Take that point in your lives. Practical. Let it be practical. When you reach to the time of giving, for building, don't think about giving the leftovers. In my group, I'll give 5,000. Others, even if they call you in your groups, you don't want to give, you don't want to attend. Is that the best you can give God? If we gave like Mary, I believe we would have a church that is so sparkling. If each each one had that heart of Mary. We have seen that. You'd rather leave your things undone. You do. You serve Jesus. You give him the first place in your life. Amen. Listen to this quote now. Keeping on with this type we find in Joseph. Notice how that everything he did in Egypt... Prospered. His first job with the general prospered. Even the jail prospered. When Jesus returns, the desert will blossom as a rose. He is the son of prosperity. As no age ever prospered as the one under Joseph. So there is a time of such a blessing coming on this earth as the world has never known. Because Joseph types Jesus. Right? We can, every one of us, sit under our own fig tree and laugh and rejoice and live forever in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy and on 
his right hand their pleasure forevermore. Here we are seeing Joseph. How he prospered. Even when you put him in a prison, the prison will prosper. Amen. Amen. I believe even the dungeon where they threw him, the plants they blossomed. You put him in cells, the prison will prosper. Why? He's a carrier of blessings. Blessings are all over him. So all over me. He's keeping me alive. Praise God. Remember he was the son of prosperity. Everything that he did prospered. Whether it was prison. Or whether it was it came out right. And hasn't he promised for his children that he'll make everything work together for good? Whether it was sickness, prison, house, death, sorrow, whatever it was, that it would work for the good to them that loved him. He promised him. And it must be so. It's got to be there. It's figurative. Spoke to us, to us in him. Who was the perfect image of God. Amen. Amen. Here we have other people who, bless, who, who prospered so much. But we shall not read that. How God blessed Abraham. How he blessed Isaac. How he blessed Jacob. But this young fellow was such an influence upon him. The young king. Okay, let me let me let me leave that one also. It was this is about Uzia, how he also prospered. Because of following the word of God. Amen. Amen. How to prosper. Observing the word. Do you know the message of the hour? Is a source of prosperity. It's a source of prosperity. You play this message. Play the tapes. In your house, in your life. Listen what the prophet says. Respect it. Observe it. You see how the blessings are going to follow your life. Let me read this quote. And she said, wait a minute, I've been a great... Pre uh, sorry, sorry, it's here. It's here. So this young fellow was such an influence upon this. The young king was an influence on the young prophet. And he leaned upon the arm of this prophet. Because he knew he was a prophet. And he did write with him all the time. 
and to draw his influence from his visions and so forth from God to know how to conduct his kingdom. This Uziah, he was an influence to Isaiah 6. You know Isaiah 6. How many know that chapter? Say Amen. Isaiah 6. Isaiah Gamba. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah says that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Why? Uzziah. Influence was an influence in the life of Isaiah. Isaiah used not to, uh, you know, there is to something so about desperation. Seeking God in trouble. There is something about it. That's why you see even the third will be manifested will be an operation and persecution. So when Uzziah died Isaiah saw God. Why? He started now seeking God with all his heart. He knew his hedges has been removed. Because Uzziah was a prosperous king. And he was such a successful king. A fighter. And protection. To Israel. And what made him that successful? Because he followed the word of God. But when he died. Uzziah saw God. Isaiah saw God. Because now he had to desperately seek God. Now, Uzziah was an influence upon Isaiah. Right? Yes. yes. And also, Isaiah was an influence upon Uzziah. That's what the quote is, the quote is saying. For what made Uzziah that prosperous was how he lived close to Isaiah as a young prophet and Isaiah being a prophet, he would see visions. And Uzziah would pick them. And he walks according to the visions of the prophet. And that made his kingdom prosperous. It made him prosperous. Are we together? So, so the message of the prophet will prosper you. Hallelujah. Amen. Walk by the message of the prophet. 
The prophet says, Flee from the religions as you flee from pestilences, from plagues. In this age, there is only one refuge that God has put in place. It is the message. I will send you Elijah the prophet. Lest I come and smite the whole earth with a curse. There will be nothing good in the whole age. God was seeing the miracle center. He was seeing the funerals. He was seeing the watoto. He was seeing the prayer parties. He was seeing the deliverance. He was seeing the full gospel. And he saw trash. And he said, if I come in this condition, I will smite the whole earth with a curse. And he said, but I'll put there an ark for you like the one that Noah had. Whoever wants to survive, that's where they'll run to. I'll send you a light to the prophet. Now a young man and a man and a woman those who will be helped the other time I heard a brother saying, even the Pentecostals are saved. Hey, brother, Bram used to preach among them. They are also saved. They are not saved. They are not saved. What's wrong with you? They started in 1906. And God says, if it happens that they are the ones, if it happens that that's the Christianity that is on the earth, I will smite the whole earth with a curse. If it happens that that's what we have. But as a refuge, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Your relative or a friend should never leave no, the message and go join the Pentecostals. And you say, at least, they are also saved. When I hear a message believer speaking like that, I what made, what made that person? They are worse. You know, they give a false comfort to someone and it feels as if he's covered. He's, he's a worship also. That is worse. I mean, that is worse. That is worse. You'd rather be cold. Or hot. There is hope for the cold. There is hope for there is good for the for the heart. But the lukewarm thing is deceiving. 
that you are also have, you also have some fire. But if you are completely a sinner, you will know you need God. But this one who feels, I also go to church. I also serve God. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I am this. I sing in the choir. I am an usher in Watoto. That one is in a worse condition than a raw sinner. A sinner knows he's a sinner. But this one was something that is lukewarm that has deceived him. Now that deceit is so bad, so horrible. Yeah, they are also saved. If they are also saved, what brought you in the message? Why did you remain there? If they are saved, what are we doing in the message? They are not saved. They are not saved. Those people even know how to manufacture miracles. They are business people. A miracle that is performing the message is a miracle. But there, you can't be sure today. Especially nowadays, they know how to manufacture miracles. The other time I was speaking to a sister here. And she told me of a boy that they know. From those, from he walks like this. It's like he's breaking. Now, uh, some men from one group in Kampala. They found him there at the university. And they said, now this one will work for us. So they requested him to go to church in a wheelchair. They will give him money. Now, he got lame in the wheelchair. They pushed him and they brought him before the preacher. In the name of Jesus, right? And they lifted him off of the wheelchair and he started walking. He's acrobatics. And they shouted, like he uses. And they said, now. And even that little one that is still remaining, ah, it will go. And people shouted. But the boy has never been in a wheelchair. That's how he was born, walking like that. But now for them, they know they said, this one will work for us. Ah, this one will work for us. Now, when they didn't pay him his money, uh, he made an audio exposing, exposing them. That, that is the Pentecostals who do those things. They do them. They've done such things many times. They place, they do such things. Now, why would you do something like that? A person who is saved and you do such a thing, 
With what intentions? Why should I make God do things that he has not done? With what intentions? Business. Business. It is not salvation. And they are also saved. They are not saved. Salvation is in the message. Salvation is in the message. The other time I asked a certain girl, do you understand the message? I asked her, oh, no. and she said, No. She has been brought up in a message, message, born in a message, brought up in a message. I think now she's joining university. She said, No. Maybe I understand about 2%. Now you. Who goes to school and they teach you and you grasp those things? And your parents bring you to church. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. You reach a time and you say you don't understand the message, maybe 2%. Let me spare a, a strong rebuke for you. But either you are trying to pretend because you are a wicked worldly person. You pretend you don't want to understand it. Even Lucifer lived in heaven and he refused to understand. The power of God. You know only 2% of the message. You don't understand Why would you not understand That's why I want to meet you guys. Let us agree all agree to disagree. You will not be here. You're disguising. You've, made, you've turned yourself to be con men and con girls. And we find you doing immoral things tomorrow. And then you say, I don't understand the message. You say you're disobedient. Disguising. Now listen. This one prospered because he was so close to the prophet. And the prophet would get visions. And this one would tap from what the prophet says. And he would walk in it. Now you, why do you disguise? Not knowing, not wanting to know what the prophet says. When it is so much at your disposal. We have preached baptism in Jesus. Name. We preach the difference. We say God he has three offices. I know office is certain. But he, he is one. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit is his titles. 
of the same person. His name is Jesus Christ. And we show where they baptized. We show, we show, we, we, uh, we, we show how they put in practical Matthew 28, 19, when, when he told them, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. They understood that the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. Christ. So you mean you are so dense not, not to understand that. From childhood you are hearing that. And you go to people who baptize in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Trinitarians. Heathens who worship more than one God. And you cannot understand the difference between one God and three. Why are you pretending? And you go to people who, whose women dress in miniskirts and trousers and damaged trousers and they start on the pulpit and they say praise God. God is good. And you cannot notice the difference. You crook. Hell is waiting for you. I don't want you to pretend. God has no grandchildren. You cannot be here pretending. Why would you not see the difference? And you come among people who just tell people, Speaking tongues. And everyone starts to seek for a word to bubble. Those who are naked, those who are. You, someone who was brought up in a mess and you don't notice that you're in the wrong place. And you still pretend that you don't understand the message. Why wouldn't you understand it? God would rather give favor to someone who backslides and falls. And he says, ah, for me I failed. Yes, I understand. It is the truth. But I was trapped in sin. The world had taken me. I was trying to help myself. But if I'm to get saved, the other thing is the truth. God will give favor to such a person. He will help that person than this one who pretends. God has sent a prophet in this age. Because there is nothing sensible in this age. He would destroy the whole thing with a curse. If not for the prophet. So if you want to prosper, observe what that prophet says and do it. That's what Uzziah did. 
And he was such a fortress to Israel. Because God prospered his rule. If you want to be prosperous, you study well, you prosper. You get a job, you prosper. You get a prosperous marriage. You get a prosperous family. Follow closely the teachings of the prophet. Don't pretend. And it's an example today also to us to stay, to stay true to the word. And this was a great help to young Isaiah. Because that he seen how God would bless them that was true to his word. So no matter how difficult it was, stay true to that word. And it's, and it's an example today. Also, to us to stay true to the word. And it had a great influence upon him. Now he planted vineyards and he was a herdsman. And he had all kinds of herds and vineyards. If you want to read in 2nd Chronicles and different places, he loved the outdoors. Because you want to go to a place where you put on trousers and they don't condemn it. You want to go to places where you enjoy sin. And you see a Muslim boy. And you say, so long as you are accept to be wedlocked in our church, there they don't mind about it. They allow you to eat the world and enjoy it. And you remain a member here while sowing seed. And then you pretend that you don't see the difference. Because you want to go to a religion where you will have your boyfriends. And then you pretend that you don't see the difference. Because you're fleeing from the strictness of the word. What they say that they don't understand. Why they say they don't understand is because the things are strict. They want to enjoy life. But the Bible says, He that will seek his life, we lose it. We lose it. Amen. Amen. I don't know why. Ever since time memorial, I love serious things. Even when I got saved. Anyone salvation that allows you to stand one leg in the world. No, I because want why waste your time in worshiping a God that will not save you? 
And they love preachers who are serious. They will turn to be my friends. I want the real thing. I don't want to be deceived. But how can you be just a... You are seeking liars. It is you who seeks for deceit. Because you want to go to a place where you will do whatever you want. But how will it help you to do whatever you want? Jesus said, What shall it help a person to enjoy the whole world and you lose your life? Yet there are children of God there in the world. There is a brother, a very powerful, respectful man. As I was there, he called me. And he told me, I had stopped preaching on UBC for a long time. And he said, Pastor Gideon, I want you to direct me to your church in Imbarara. I directed him. I gave him the phone number of a minister in Imbarara. He went there. He told them, Is this the church of Pastor Gideon or no? If it is not this one, tell me earlier. And they told him it's this one. He has never missed a service. At this time, when I was there seeing him after a long time, he was so happy. And he said, I'm happy to see the person who backed me into the truth. And he said, we get saved wanting to go to heaven. And you fall into things. And people are like, it's in, they are in their own business, in their own things. I was fed up of those things. Until I heard you preach on the radio. And I wasn't willing to waste my time. With any church. That is not like the truth you are preaching. God has his children. And for you, you are pretending. You're trying to dodge the truth. There are people who are seeking for the truth. They don't want to waste their time. This time I was in Barra, I said, Oh, maybe I should go back now on radio. You mean our effort on that radio called such a big fish. We better go back. There was a time we went on Kaboza and we caught a family from Mukono. The Mukono family, are you here? Uh-huh. Then we went to the radio Uganda and one by one they will come. They are seeking truth. 
Why waste your time in a false thing a fake thing? The preacher is fake. The sermon is fake. The tongues are fake. Everything is fake. Why waste your time in a fake thing? But to you whom God has had mercy and revealed to you the truth, you should be the happiest person. Follow the prophet. You will prosper. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, we have seen what brings the blessing. Let us see more. One is a believer who is disciplined enough to put God in the first place. Just read more of small quotes. In these few minutes. Then when Joshua looked, he took the Ark of the Covenant, told them, gather yourselves out here, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and get ready, for you will see the glory of God. Notice. Then he took the priests and put God first. The ark before the priests, before the congregation, made them to step back a certain distance until the ark went first. Brother, Brother, if you put God first in everything you do, you bound to come out right. Put God first. And they went packing the ark. And when the priests feet rested upon the water, God rolled back Jordan. You see, this is the story. Joshua is coming, leading the children of Israel, and they reach Jordan. They have to cross to Canaan. And then, God inspired him what to do. Call the people to sanctify themselves. Put them to carry, to, told them, I mean, told them, the priests Bakabona. to go ahead of the people and they must carry the Ark of the Covenant upon their shoulders and the congregation should follow. Amen? Amen? Now, the Ark of the Covenant is the word. Is the word. So, the word is with the priests. So, let them go in front. Let them lead with the word. The word first. Amen. Amen. In other words, when you have any problem, any trouble, any challenge, or any project to do, any war to fight, 
Consider the word first. Let the word be in its rightful place. Then the miracle will follow. So the priest carried the ark. Moved. And when their feet rested on the water. Jordan split. And the entire congregation followed. They walked on the dry land. Because they put the word first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Have you ever witnessed that to be the truth? Put God first. Pay your tithes first. Pay everything first. Pay God. Pray first at morning. Pray all through the day. Give God the first place in everything. You see when the Bible says. Seek first the kingdom of God. This is how you do it. First seek God. Seek the Holy Ghost. Why are you seeking a man first? Why are you seeking a, a woman first? Seek first the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Pay your tithe first. Amen. Amina. Pray. Saba. In the morning. Kumacha. When you wake up in the morning. Bozuka kumacha. Pray. Soko sabe. Amen. Amina. Then when Joshua looked, he took the Ark of the Covenant, told them, said, Gather yourselves out here, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and get ready. For you will see the glory of God. Then he knew God was with him. Then he took the priests and put God first. The Ark before the priests, before the congregation, made them step back a certain distance until the Ark went first. Brother, sister, sister, if you will put God First, in everything you do, you are bound to come out right. Put God first. And they went packing the ark. And when the priest's feet rested upon the water, God rolled back the, the Jordan. She moved, she moved back. He stood in a pillar. And Israel crossed over on a dry land. Built their camp. God first. Before you start driving your car. Saba. Pray. Saba. Pray. You forgive me for what I'm going to say. Uh, I always drive with Brother Quinton. Brother Quinton. That principle is told in Quinton's heart. Every time we enter a vehicle, Pastor, let us first pray. Pastor, 
and we pray before we start the journey. Now, one evening, you see when you do something over and over and over, it becomes a habit. So one time, one evening, I'm sorry, Brother Gund, Brother Solomon. I'm sorry for what I'm going Brother to say. Brother Solomon comes and picks me. Brother Solomon, we are going for an overnight. But we are just talking and having a good time. So when we are leaving home, I felt we have always prayed. When you get used to something, it sticks in you. I've always prayed before we started. But now we were so much conversing and carrying on. Like there was no room for us to pray for. But somehow I felt we drove. When we reached the Express, Someone came from behind and hit us. We almost died in that accident. I kept troubled and I said, We shall stop the car and I said, Let's pray before we start. Why has it happened today when we didn't pray? Why has it happened today when we didn't pray? So these things are important. Let it stick in you and let it be a habit. When I wake up in the morning, before I do anything, before I open my phone, I have to first pray. Before I leave home, before I drive my car, let me pray. If I'm going to build a house, before I, I lay the foundation, let me call a minister to dedicate and we dedicate this work and we pray for the foundation. You don't do these things. You don't do these things. Their brothers here, they bought land, they built, they entered the houses. Even up to now, I don't know where they live. <laughs> but you, do you know the importance of a priest in your life? God gave you a priest. And you buy land. You've not told him about it. And you dig the foundation. You've not told him about it. And you build upon it. And you enter the building. And now you have five children in that building. He doesn't even know where you live. Really? Is that right? The priests have to carry the ark and they lead the way. Yes. Wow. You go and rent a building and you start a business and you start a project office without calling any priest to pray together with him. Even if you don't call him, there are many preachers here Call a priest and say, I want to put God first. To Let us pray. Amen. Amen.
put God first. He said, go bring me a little drink of water and a muscle of meal. Like, Put a cake or rather in your hand. She said, as the Lord lives, and your soul never dies. I have only enough meal in the barrel and enough oil in the cruise to make a little cake. And I'm, I'm out here baking, getting two sticks and said, going to Make the cake for me and my son. And as, as soon as we eat, eat that we die. This is about the widow. In the famine. In the time of the famine. Three and a half years no rain. People are dying. For her, yeah. she's remaining with a little flour. In a basket there. And a little oil. In a, in, a, in a cruise Kasumbi. and uh, to make only one meal eat and die because the rain has not started and even if it started by the time Dodo will grow they will have died so to them death is just knocking at the door and the widow woman prayed, God, have mercy. God, spare my life and my son. Elijah is in the wilderness. Every day, God commands the ravens to bring him food. He's not lacking. But now, God is sympathy and favor upon this widow woman. He sends the Elijah. When God sends you the prophet, when God sends your ministry, that is his favor for you. Amen. Amen. And now when he reaches there, say, bake me, prepare for me a meal, I eat. For that says the Lord. The basket will not dry. The cruise will not dry. Until God sends a proper rain. Man of God. It's remaining only one meal. My son you see me there hungry. I eat it with him. We die. If you eat it with him and you die. If you eat it with him. You will die. But if you obey the word of God. Fast. And you feed me the word. Because the word. The word of God comes to the prophet. So the prophet is the word incarnate. So if you feed me the word, that say the Lord. The basket will not dry. The cruise will not dry. She obeyed and did what the prophet said. When she went back, the basket was full again. The cruise was full again. She, she, she took more. Made another meal. Whatever she would reduce, it would fill again. Whatever she would reduce, it would fill again. Until rain came upon the earth, and until food was ready. Why? Because she fed the word first. Feed the word of God in your life. First. 
better for the word first. If I had enough time, cater for the word first. We would go to Habakkuk and God say, look at my house. But you run to your sealed houses. First work on my house. Then you will be blessed. But if you forsake my house here, not work to everyone goes to build a house. Everyone goes and brings a car keys for dedication. I'm not saying you should not bring car keys and dedicate houses before building the church. Why is your heart fixed on building and buying cars? How much do you give for the construction of this house? First do the things of God. Cater for the word things. First. And you see a miracle. That is not a Pentecostal gospel. That is the Bible. That is the word of God. Cater for the things of the word. Where you get the word of God. Cater for that thing first. Then a miracle will take place. In your life. Amen. Notice when the kings... When these kings, before they started out, they should have, before Josephat ever made an alliance with Ahab, he ought to have first said, let us pray and see what the will of the Lord is. Give me a preacher. Give me a Christian. Give me a housewife. That is a Christian. Give me a farmer. A factory worker. That will put God first in everything. I will show you, I will show you a man that will be successful. In spite of all the devil can put on him. Amina. Have you heard? Whether you're a housewife, whether you're a farmer, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a, doctor, whether you're a attendant, whether you're a preacher, put God first. Then whatever the devil will do, however much the Senecaribs will come against you, they will not be able to bring you down if you have put God first in everything that you've been doing. Pay your tithes first. First. Before anything, you get 10,000. A thousand is for the Lord. Put it aside. Then you can buy your chapatis. You can buy a belt. You can buy your granites. After giving God what belongs to Him. Put God first. Then you see how the, bless, the blessing that will follow. Any Christian will think of others before himself. Every Christian tries to put God first. His family second. His number three. 
I've tried to make that a practice in my own life. Will you take that principle? What is the principle? God first. First of all, the time. First. Offering. Church building construction. If there is anything like that you are taking care of. Things of God first. What comes next? Your family. 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 The Bible says a man who doesn't take care of his family. Even an infidel is better than that man. It's your responsibility to take care of your family and they don't lack. Let's not take a long time on that. Because I feel I feel a burden of preaching to the marriages. I don't know after preaching to the youth, perhaps we'll go to the marriages. I know some of you are dying. Bad love. You're badly off. Others don't care. Okay. He's number three. You come, you come last. The prophet has said, I've tried to make that a practice in my own life. Amen. Amen. Praise be the name of the Lord. Brother Branham, Brother Branham, don't you feel that everyone who claims to be a Christian should pay tithes? pay their tithes into the storehouse of the Lord. Please give the scripture. That's right. The Bible says in Malachi 4. Will a man rob God? And you say, where, where have you robbed him thee? Where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Bring all your tithes and offerings unto my storehouse. And prove me, says the Lord, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings and there be no enough room to receive. That's a challenge to any individual. And if only had the time, I would, I would not get to, the, to this little scripture. Uh, and, and would not get to this little scripture that I wish to get to in about the next 10 minutes, I would like to give you a personal testimony of how that I was even hungry. I was even hungry, and my mother and them hungry, and my dad is sick, but I took my tithes out first, and gave it to, to God, and you ought to see what happened. If I have... If I have never seen in my life that any man or woman that if you only make one dollar a week will bring the ten cents of that money and put it in, into your storehouse. All a church where you come if God don't bless that 
that call me a hypocrite. That's a challenge to anybody. And there is a point here that I would talk when you would hear. You bring it to the church where you come. The pastors who tell you that you have to keep on paying tithe. Now five years you don't even fellowship there. There is something wrong with them. Yes. Let me not stay long on that. Because that's happening. They have their doctrine that they call the home church. You've taken five years. You've not since you left West Nile. In five years. In the church where you got saved and you were baptized. You visited there like three times. In, in five years. But still that's where you send your tithe. That it is your church. Home church. And when you come to a time of marriage. That it is the other pastor who has to work on your issues. That is wrong. If you're here, that is wrong. And even those ones who left here and they went there, wherever they went, that's wrong. Perhaps if you don't have a church and you're feeding online, but if you have a church there, that you've taken some time fellowshipping with them, pay your tithes there. You is here also. Where you came from, you left that place. This is where you feel. On Wednesday, on Friday, on Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And you don't give tithe. Because uh, a pastor, who, a greedy pastor. <laughs> If you come to a time of marriage, someone who has spent 10 years and is not the one pastoring you, that is the one who has to handle your marriage issues, that you are a member of that church, which message? Which message? You know these words are heard by many people. Perhaps they will help someone somewhere else. Show me the message for such a night. It's not there. Brother Branham said, the storehouse is where you get your spiritual food. Where you go to church. Where you get your spiritual food. Now you tell me. Where you came from? A ginger. From ginger. O karamoja. O kabare. When did you last feed from there? Spiritual food. 
But that was not my theme anyway. In this subject, we have seen how a believer can prosper. Remove the idols in your life. Walk, obey God. Fear the Lord and keep his commandments. Put him number one in all your life, in every aspect. And all that we have seen. If you are ready to take this word that we have shared today serious. Then you are ready for God's blessings. God bless you. Let us stand on our feet. And speak to the Lord. And brother sister. Brother sister. Set up your mind. To seek God. Yeah. You can't remain like that. In a furrow, with a furrow ground. You're lukewarm. Your prayer life. You're reading the word is lukewarm. Your devotion is Look home. You can't remain like that forever. You shall not prosper. Speak to the Lord. We don't have to sing fast. Just speak to the Lord. You don't have to listen to your neighbor fast. You don't have to pray according to the rhythm. You just call on God. Tell him, Lord, I have heard your word. And I'm ready to obey the word. I see the areas that are lacking in my life. Help me, Lord. I've made up my mind. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to depart from sin. From wicked things. I'm going to put you in your right, rightful position. That is to surrender all my being to you. To surrender the word of God to you. Speak to the Lord according to how He has spoken to you.